0: to the Irish NFL Show interview special this week. It's a busy time during the season as we're entering the final weeks of the NFL playoffs but there's a really important game coming up in the coming weeks the Senior Bowl and we're delighted to be back with Jim Nagy Jim Nagy your former NFL scout the executive of the senior executive of the Reese's Senior Bowl Jim I think this is the third time you've been on the show you're very welcome back to the Irish NFL Show.
1: I'm honoured every time I come on I can't believe I'm I'm a third timer so Appreciate you guys having me
0: back on, Jim. I'm really enjoying that suit in which you're wearing today. I appreciate sure you really getting dressed up for the show. I think you're wearing the uh, senior ball toy as well.
1: Just for you guys, no, I, no, this is uh, this is this this doesn't happen very often. I'm usually, kicked back like you guys are, looking nice and relaxed. Uh, again, this 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 is doesn't feel like me, but uh, once in a while, you have to do it.
0: Jim, the past few times you've been on with us, we spoke um, about the the situation in terms of COVID and everybody's had to deal with that, the enormity of everything that's happened over the course of the last few years, whether it's the Senior Bowl, whether it's the NFL. How good and enjoyable is it to be in a year preparing for the Senior Bowl with the fact that it's kind of back to normal and how has the landscape of preparation changed over the course of the last 12 months?
1: It feels so good uh, to be out of that. You know, two years ago, uh, we did have the Senior Bowl kind of the, it really in the height of, of COVID, kind of in the, the middle of it a little bit. Um, and, and that was it. It was a rewarding year because no other NFL events happened that year. There was no, in the pre draft process, there was no combine. Um, the school, some of the schools had some workouts, some pro day workouts, but the, the teams couldn't get face to face with the players. They had to keep a distance and time the 40s and do the things they had to do. Uh, so no, it was, a, it was, that was a very stressful year, uh, but very rewarding year Then last year we had a little bit of the COVID protocols in place, but, uh, this year we're, we feel like we're kind of free and clear and, and all
2: back to normal. Well, I think i like, you know, uh, as, as Brian has said, like, um, everyone, and you, we know the saying is the, the, the draft starts in Mobile, but truly, I think last year, Jim, was it 45 of the top 100 had uh, some senior bowl uh, connections? And as a result, uh, you know, you had uh, four key members of your team who were plucked to the, the various scouting departments across the, the NFL, which is a testament to the work that, that you and, and the team um, do doing, doing there. So you've obviously had to refresh the ranks, and I think you have over 160 um, years of scouting and front office experience. But you know, we see this. Uh, the NFL is going through this at the moment with the interviews that are going on. For you, I suppose acting as a GM and having to refresh the, the ranks. What well, what's that process like for you? Uh, yeah, first of all, thank you for bringing
1: that up. I mean, it's a good it's a good problem to have. We want our guys to move on. Uh, the way we we set up this department you know four or five years ago now was to get guys that get let go in the NFL. Um, you know the the ball bounces a certain way. It's an odd shaped ball and in some years it doesn't bounce your way. So uh, you work in football long enough, you're you're gonna you're gonna find yourself without a job. So I, I kind of wanted to create something here at the Senior Bowl. that would be a little bit of a soft landing spot for for some scouts and executives that got 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 let go. Um, so we do. We kind of restock it every year after the draft in May and June. Um, like you said, this year we had nine former NFL scouts on our staff and uh, lost the four guys last year to the league. And and that, I mean, that that that's the that's the ideal. Like that's the ideal when they come here for a year and they bounce and they they get another job back in the league. So uh, great group this year. They did they did tremendous work. Um, you said forty-five of the top hundred last year. That was our best year we've had in a long long time. Uh, 106 players again we got to get better this year we had two years in a row with 106 we got to get we got to get better but uh no this year's staff did a great job we had a great in-house staff of uh three young guys scouting assistants i've got a great uh director of football operations matt kelly who's doing a great job right now helping put together this year's game um you know I, i'm sure we'll get to the coaching stuff but there's a lot more balls in the air this year with our new coaching format and matt's doing a great job spearheading that so I uh, can't say enough about uh, not only our football staff, but our our office staff, the sponsorships, the the social media, um, everything we do in the operation. I'm I'm blessed to be uh, around great people for sure.
0: Jim, last year last year you spoke to us about the different environments in which different players come from, and it's their personal environment, the college in which they come from, various different programs, and how you're kind of preparing and putting all that back together and. Some people now have been to the Senior Bowls, such as Davis Webb, who was a former MVP of the game. Now there's a lot of talk for him potentially getting an opportunity to be a coach in the league. And Obviously, he played the final game of the season for the Giants, but it's a continuous trend that comes around that at some stage he will be coaching in the league. When you were looking at these players from afar, albeit like you're, around, you're around them at that time of year, do you ever think that guy's got the attributes to potentially be a coach in the league, never mind that's the, the situation that they're in in terms of becoming a player in the league?
1: Definitely. Definitely, especially when when you work for a team and you're you're out at the schools all the time, um, you hear it from some coaches. Will tell you this guy's going to be a great coach someday. Um, Josh McCowan is another guy that uh, is a Senior Bowl alum who I think's going to get an opportunity at a at a big job. And we've we've got uh, we've got a guy coaching in this year's Senior Bowl, Sean Dion Hamilton, who just played linebacker uh, at Alabama. About I want to say Sean Dion came out. Um, one of my last years at the Seahawks before I took this job, so I don't know, five, six years ago, um, and Nick Saban, when you went into that Alabama staff, that's the first thing they talked about was how intelligent he was, and uh, talking that he was in Detroit, he was with the Detroit Lions in training camp this year, I don't know if you, you guys saw the HBO Hard Knocks with the Lions and Dan Campbell this year, um, that was a lot of fun to watch, and so when they went to release Sean Dion um, in camp this year, they told him don't go far because we we want you to stay on, but as a coach, so uh, and they got off to a rough start, so I think they started one and six or one and seven. They had to let their uh, DBs coach uh, Aubrey Pleasant go, and so they they plugged Sean Dion into the defensive backs room, and that he was a linebacker by trade, so not even a position he would played before. Uh, but, but he was so good in the classroom and such a good teacher, um, so good with the players that uh, you know they they got him right up to speed. And now I'm excited to bring him back down here. It's kind of a big deal that we've got a former Alabama player coming back to this state. Um, that's going to be coaching the game
2: Jim I, I'm kind of I'm really interested in in getting your opinion as a former Scout as somebody you know and the executive director of the, the Risa Senior Bowl you see that the college prospects you've seen them you know you know what what it takes to be in the NFL and we're we're obviously this is a game that's constantly in uh you know in, in development you know they that's one of the reasons we love it there constantly changes and, and teams are always doing things. But one of the things that um, maybe we've seen in the past couple of years is the way in which rookie cornerbacks are able to transition to the league and, and hit the ground running in a way that maybe they, they didn't previously. I'm thinking, uh, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, uh, Tariq woolen uh, Pat Sertan, Derek Stingley, um, and and so on. And obviously, look, I think that the first three there. I mean, Sauce is all pro. Um, Pat Sertan is is there as well. And uh, Tariq Woolen had an unbelievable season. In terms of the, is is that down to the way in which the NFL is changing and and maybe mirroring the college game, or is it just like that We're we're seeing a particularly talented group of players and that's the reason those young guys are making the transition?
1: That is a great question. I love that question. Uh, It's making me think here a little bit. Uh, I would say it's probably a, uh, you know, a confluence of all, all those things. We are seeing kind of a trickle up, um, is that even a thing? Trickling up? I know there's trickling down. Whatever the opposite of trickle down is, uh, you know, concepts are being pulled up from college now. Uh, so you know, again, they're throwing the ball so much at the college level. I think a lot of these college corners are are are, are more pro ready. Uh, you bring up Tariq Woolen, and that's a guy that uh, just bringing it back to last year's game a little bit. Uh, I really didn't think Tariq would get out of the third round. You've got a guy with rare, and I don't use the word rare. Don't throw that around lightly. Six three and a half with, you know, thirty three plus inch arms and a run four two six. There's there's never been a guy like him. Um, so most of the league thought he was, you know, developmental that it might take him a, you know, a year or two before it really clicked and you'd get him on the field. I know a lot of teams thought, hey, this guy's gonna be a really good special teams player right away, but we don't know how quickly we can get him on the field and and even Seattle didn't think that or they wouldn't it wouldn't he would wouldn't have lasted to the fifth round. But um I think what Tariq's case is a perfect example of a of a player and a fit, a, a program fit, a cultural fit, a coaching fit. Uh, we all know what Pete Carroll's done with big corners like Richard Sherman and Brandon Browner, and on and on and on. Uh, you know, you got to give you got to give the coaching staff credit up there, and you got to give Tariq a lot of credit um, because he's the guy that only played corner for two years in college, and and for him to come in year one and make a Pro Bowl and lead the league in interceptions with six. Um, pretty crazy story. Uh, I think maybe the last part of it is some of these guys are are just unbelievable athletes, and sometimes you can just stick them out there, and say just just cover that guy, and just natural athleticism takes over. Um, as long as they're focused and they know this know what scheme they're playing, um, they can just go out there and be athletes. And I think the league right now is at an all time high when it comes to athletes. JC Orne is another guy. You 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 rattled up a great list. Um, I'd add JC Horn. I think we're we're in kind of this might be a two or three year window where we're we're just seeing some really great corner prospects come out. But that's certainly uh, that's a great question. It's a great thing to think
0: about, Jim. I know a lot of the focus around the game. I'm just interested about the in the backgrounds, such as the support program for players. And I'm not sure how involved you get. bearing and when players go off to the convoy and then they have their agents and stuff. But it's just around the expectation players have when they lead up to the draft, like for example, Jermaine Johnson last year for the Jets went quite low in the first round, I know the Jets had three picks in the first round, having moved up, but there was an expectation he would go potentially top 15, Daniel Jones is finally, looks like he's going to get rewarded for a great season, having had a few difficult seasons and the expectation of being picked early in the first round, and then you got the Brock Portia, for example, who's like Mr. Irrelevant and he's just taken like a duck to water essentially, and He's very much playing a, a mistake-free game at the moment. Like, where does the kind of bounce in act between a player thinking he's going to go early on and where do he actually end up in terms of the aftermath of the draft and stuff? And it focusing on the senior boat element as well.
1: Wow, that's a that's a really layered question. I could probably sit here for a couple hours and talk about. Um, when you're talking about, I mean, is the question specifically like, how do you project where guys should end up going?
0: It's just so it's such a difference of opinion. You, know, you see players are expected to go so high and they don't and then the question marks thereafter really why didn't they go? And I suppose right. you get I, the meaning, you're dealing with them at the senior bowl, does that conversation even take place around where where they expect to go?
1: I would say this. I would say there's there there at times now sometimes the media does a, a really good job and nails players. There's other times where the media can be a little bit higher or lower. Um and and there's not a lot of guys... They, from here on out, you're not going to get a lot of of truthfulness out of NFL teams. Like even when I talk to my friends around the league leading up to the draft, I don't I don't even try to ask them. I don't want them to think like you know I've, But well, we well we lead into the Senior Bowl. We have really open discussions, and they'll you know we share grades. And they'll talk about you know yeah we've got two fourth round grades and a sixth round grade. So at this time right now, I've got a, a pretty darn good handle on where the league has the guys for the draft. At least the seniors, the juniors obviously not. Um, but sometimes there's a disconnect, and I think when you see that, sometimes the, the guys in the NFL know a lot more about these these players as people than the media have any resource to. They they don't know, and they can't know. You know, they're not they're not in Tuscaloosa or Athens, Georgia every day. Um, you know, trying to talk to coaches and figure out these guys who they are as people, and that's a huge, huge part of, of where guys get drafted and if they pan out or don't pan out. I, I, I've said this, uh, you know, a million times. They You know, look back, I always you always try to grade yourself as a scout and get better and, you know, self-scout, if you will. Um, and the mistakes I've made, I, I've really missed on the player more than I've missed on the person. I feel like you can watch the tape. Once you've been doing it long enough, I mean, you can watch the tape and, and have a pretty good idea where a guy should go and what his talent level is. But what really guides a player's career is how they're wired on the inside. I think you're seeing it with Brock Purdy right now. Uh, you know, guys that can over, you know, kind of outplay where they get drafted. Um, so I, I, don't know if I'm answering your question correctly, but, um, I think that's when you see guys that you, when you hear about risers and fallers, I think some of that is based off where the media has guys graded. Uh, there's even a couple guys in this year's class right now, and I will not share their names, but that the media has, you know, a lot of first round love for that talking to teams, the teams have got them in, you know, the fourth and fifth round, uh, and and probably some of that is due to what they know about the football character and the personal character of these players, um, but some of some of it's the, the the talent too. So there's just there's just sometimes there can be a gap. And again, sometimes the media does an awesome job. I mean, that's it's really hard to to peg a player what round he'll go in when really what you know is what he is as a player. Because because to me, like as an evaluator, I always let the person really guide me to my grade. Um, you know, you grade the talent, but you know whether you're you whether you push high or pull out a little bit like a round or two like that's to me that's always based off the makeup of the guy.
0: But again, that's the way the senior boat is so is so imperative. I saw I recall last year's coverage from the giants of Joe Shane and the sideline, and he was questioning everything that players were doing, and he was asking what them the, the, what's their melting toughness like, what's their attributes, and he was marking every little bit of insightful information. down. so what you to is just so significant in the process.
1: Yeah, Joe's Jose Scout. Our a great scout. We actually broke into the NFL uh, right at the same time, uh, right around 2000. So I've known Joe a long time. So that doesn't surprise me that he was down here. And if you're really dialed in, and especially you know we credential uh, three guys per team to be on the field. When you get right up there and you can see facial expression and body language and how guys respond to getting beat, um, and how they take coaching and apply that coaching for the next rep. Like that's why those. The O-line, D-line one-on-ones to me are, are just the best part of the week because there's back-to-back reps. Even the wide receiver DBs don't do that. Uh, with the O-line, D-line, I mean, you're going to see a guy get whooped. Um, he's going to take a coaching point from a coach and then you know, 15 seconds later get back in his stance and have to take on that same player again. Um, so that's, uh, there's some awesome takeaways from that. Um, but you're right. I mean, the Senior Bowl week is 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 critical, Um, I, I, I'm kind of in a biased chair right now, but I always felt that way when I scouted is that it's really, you think about it from January, late January until the end of April to learn these players. That is a really condensed period of time, especially when you're talking about high draft picks that you're going to have to go to your owner. Who's going to be spending tens of millions of dollars on. And you're, you're, you know, this is a week long exposure. I mean, you get seven days with these guys, whereas the rest of the process, you might see him for a day or two at the combine. The rest of the time, they'll be off in medicals, and so there's not a lot of time in India. And you can go to the pro day and hang out and take a guy to dinner the night before lunch after, but then you're on to the next school, and then you can bring him into the building on a 30-visit on a and spend you know a good chunk of a day with a guy. But it really is a small window. So to me, that's what I, I sell our players on is you come to Mobile. It's a relaxed environment. It's an entire week. Um, You're going to meet with every single team. They're going to see you practice. They're going to see you interact with your teammates. They're going to see you take coaching. So if you come down here as a player and you put your best foot forward, uh, you can really help yourself, even if it's just on the intangible part and selling teams on who you are as a competitor and a tough guy and all the things the league values.
2: And I suppose, Jim, in in terms of like what, what you're saying, building on that because the it gives the exposure that you know teams don't usually get and tying that into you know the kind of coaching structure this year because obviously you've got the the head coaches but i i think from what i i've read and and from uh, you know the press releases and stuff essentially kind of half the league's team have staff involved and that i think is a testament to what you're saying because teams want that to get to know the players and they want to have their staff around because they want to be up close and they want to see how they behave in certain situations. Because, yeah, you go to the combine and you get to do the interview and watch the interview 15 minutes and you can, we hear about some of the strange questions, but to get to be around the players. And can you talk to us about, I suppose, you know, the way in which, because for for fans over here, we're pretty far removed, mate. We we know about it, but like in terms of the way in which you go about putting the, the coaching um pieces together.
1: Yeah. Um uh, so for the past seventy three years, we've had full coaching staffs that come down here to Mobile and, and coach our teams and they usually start at the top of the draft order. Um uh, and if a team is going through a coaching change that kind of precludes that team from coming to coach, uh you know, but we usually end up with a couple teams drafting in the top 10 to come coach. And, um, uh, it's a real turnkey operation. They, they charter a flight and they bring all their coaches. They bring their support staff and they land in mobile and they hit the ground running. Uh, you know, we changed it up this year. We're going to have, like you said, we're going to have 16 teams, 16 of the 32 teams down here represented on our coaching staffs. And, um, uh, again, it was a little bit of a, a change up. I mean, we got a curveball thrown to us in the middle of the summer from the league office. And, uh, wasn't real happy when I got that phone call, but, uh, the more time I've had to digest it, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good thing for our players because, because, of, because of the exposure to all the teams, uh, rather than just having two teams down here with, the uh, kind of behind the scenes knowledge, because again, all 32 can be out of the practice field and have takeaways from that. But what they, what they've never had is, is the classroom time, uh, in, in having three meals with these guys, just sitting around and, and you know what? We have big projector TVs, watching watching TV, watching football games, and and uh, eating a meal with them, um, and just talking about where they came from. And so all those little takeaways are are key. And again, with with half the league down here this year, uh, I'm excited for our players. I, I actually think it's a
2: good thing for our guys. And Jim, ju- just just a, a final one for me, but I couldn't let you go without um, asking about because we're coming up to to championship weekend and. Um, a, a young QB who is now um, one of the maybe faces of the league who you've had at the Senior Bowl is Jalen Hurts. And a, a young man who was dealing with adversity when he was with you with the, the Senior Bowl um, and has dealt with adversity kind of throughout his career. But always, it doesn't seem to to impact upon him. He seems to have that resilience, that ability to overcome. And you can see um, the the player the way in which the the players respond to him and even when he's doubted and questioned and he's seen in entities he he doesn't respond to the negativity he is a very measured young man How, was he was he the exact same when when you saw him down in mobile he was the exact same yeah
1: absolutely uh he's a Jalen is a really interesting case study because like you said he, he's at alabama and he's having a, a lot of success he gets beat out by Tua uh, Tagovailoa, loses his job, sticks with it, doesn't jump in the transfer portal and go somewhere. He's, he's, he stays put, goes through that year. Tua gets hurt in the SEC championship game. I think we all remember Jalen came in, came off the bench, uh, you know, led him to the win in that game, and then went back to the bench for the national championship game. And then the next year goes to Oklahoma and, and has a, a, a really good senior year, but you know, when he came here to Mobile talking about the grade sharing we do with the league, everybody had Jalen in the fourth or fifth round. Um, saw a couple in the sixth, you know, but nobody had second or third round grades on Jalen and and uh there was people in the media that year asking if we were gonna give him reps at running back. I mean, just which is really insulting to a guy that has accomplished so much at quarterback in his career. Um, and he had a great week down here and uh and then he had a good combine. I was at the combine, he threw it well there, not that I don't put a lot of stock in guys throwing around in shorts and t-shirts, but he did throw it well there. Uh, so for him to go in the second round, I think that a lot of people thought the Eagles reached. I think we could all Google that right now and, and see some some instant reaction from the Jalen Hurts pick. And um, he's you know I think Howie Roseman would probably get a kick out of uh, what some of the people were saying about him. And, and honestly, like give give Howie and the and the and Nick Sirianni a ton of credit because you know they could have in the offseason – season. Um, You know, they they gave him another year. They gave him another year to get back out of the, you know, he did some good things last year. There was some pressure to maybe bring in another guy, bring in, you know, create a competition. And they were like, no, Jalen's our guy. And I think that gave Jalen even more confidence. And again, with with Jalen's a great case study for, to me, you can never put a ceiling on a player that is an elite worker, which Jalen Hurts is, and an elite competitor. Uh, I mean, those two facets of of Jalen's, personal makeup i mean are really off the charts so you want to say a guy can you could you want to say oh he could be a good backup well no he's he's better than that he's gonna he, he ends up a starter well he could be a solid starter well no he's not now he's now he's playing like a franchise guy that's gonna you know make millions of dollars so just happy for Jalen. he's done an unbelievable job um the whole week down here in mobile he was he was a business trip i will tell you that um not you know not a lot of smiles uh, he was down here to get work done, and uh, he did a great job. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for him. I hope he, hope he makes it to the Super Bowl.
0: Jim, a final one for me. Um, last year when you were on, we discussed the USFL and the fact that players who are becoming undrafted, rookie, um, essentially might get an opportunity to go and play in that league. And you, you said at the time you would encourage people to do that to build up their experience of playing in really competitive games. Obviously, the XFL is now coming back. The timing probably is a bit off, but. Do you find that there's other coaches it's, or are is it exclusive to the NFL coaches? or do you find that there's other coaches that are going to latch on you know, the fact that the senior bowl is very important and there might be an opportunity for down the line to potentially take a player and that isn't drafted come April?
1: Yeah, we uh well, you know, the hope is all our guys get drafted for one. That's our goal. <laughs> um, you know, we 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 come pretty close, but uh, there are gonna be guys every year that uh, first of all, they wouldn't get drafted if we didn't think they were we they wouldn't they would get invited if we didn't think they could drafted, but um we make we make plenty of mistakes, uh, but I will say this: the XFL is going to be here. The USFL, they're both going to have a big contingent down here watching our guys. Um, I know I know most of the guys that are in like the general manager roles and head coaching roles. Uh, one of our coaches, one of our uh, HBCU coaches, that was part of our game last year over here. We have historically black colleges and universities. They're called HBCUs. Uh, one of our guys, Reggie Barlow, who played in the Senior Bowl back in the day, the mid '90s. Uh, Reggie was the head coach at, uh, Virginia state last year, came down, did a kind of an internship fellowship with, uh, the Detroit lions, uh, during our week. And now he's a head coach in the XFL. So, uh, that was a really cool thing. So yeah, those guys are going to be down here looking at players. And I, I think it's a great thing because right now that the NFL, um, is not a great developmental league. Uh, you know, there's, there's limited days. They can wear pads and in practice during the season, I think 14 padded practices. So an average of less than one a week. And then in the off season, because of the new collective bargaining agreement, like the teams don't even have them very much in the off season. They're really out out on their own training, so there's not a lot of developing. And, and the, you, you only really get better if you play. Um, so I, I'm excited about these other leagues. Like it's great opportunities for coaches, front office people, scouts, um, and mostly players. Um, I, I I really hope you know we've struggled to keep a second league um, strong here in the United States. Uh, there's been a lot of attempts, but uh, I really hope these two stick because I think there's good guys working in the league. It's always been kind of a, a financial funding issue when it came when it comes down to it, but I, I hope they stick because um, it's going to be great for those players, and then that's going to be good for the NFL because those guys will be getting pulled up, um, so we're going to see better development uh, for the overall sport.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think one obviously only needs to maybe talk to to Kurt Warner to know about the the importance of uh, developmental leagues and finding an alternative route uh, into the NFL. Jim it is always fantastic to to chat to you, and uh, we really appreciate uh, your time. We certainly the invitation to make your way to Ireland is is always there. We would be delighted to to welcome you, and uh, we look forward to seeing. Uh, the Senior Bowl in uh, just about a, a week and a half's time and given, remember what I said earlier 45 of the top 100 players um, and I know Jim you and you talked about it that the work that your staff do I would not be surprised if you went and you topped that again this year but we really appreciate your time thanks so much
1: yeah th- thank you guys and, and thank you for the Christmas card and the shamrock that you sent I put that in my wallet so I don't know who sent that Uh, which one of you sent that but I I put that my wife told me put that in your wallet for good luck so uh, thank you thank you for the shamrock and uh, thanks for having me back on the show you're very welcome fingers crossed it will bring you good luck